Welcome everybody. Great to have you with us for this sermon recap podcast video. Great to have Greg here with us today, yeah. as always. We had a good day yesterday. Delved into some parenting questions to conclude our series called Arrows. Uh, had a great Mother's Day. Enjoyed that video, the birthing contraction simulator. Pretty fun. I'm glad you enjoyed that video. I enjoyed watching that video. That was fun. Well, I uh, I have heard it mentioned from multiple people that uh, there needs to be a recording of you doing it as well now yeah. that you're back in town. So, um, you know, we're trying to make that happen. People will talk, won't they? They, they will. They will. People will talk. And, you know, sometimes, you know, what the people want, we try to give it to them. Then sometimes you can't always get what you want. But you do get what you need. Very good. I don't know where this is going right now. <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> going nowhere fast. Uh, it was a good day yesterday. Got a lot of good feedback from, you know, uh, the way that we had set things up and uh, had you and uh, Alexa up there answering uh, answering some parenting questions that had uh, risen up over the last couple of weeks as we had gone through the series. Thought it was a great day. I uh, really did. Thought you guys did an excellent job. Uh, being honest and transparent and sharing with us uh, um, what you had done in your home and uh, how uh, how you guys had chosen to, to raise your own children and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I guess lines that you had drawn and uh, boundaries that you guys had set up but then also the freedoms that you gave as well in the midst of that. So it was good. I thought it was a really good day. You guys did a fantastic job. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's always uncomfortable to me. When, not that we do it a lot, but yesterday was a bit uncomfortable because you don't want to just give your opinions. And but it was a lot of that. It was a lot of this is what we did, right? You know, and uh, not everybody's going to agree with everything we did. I find so often as a parent, you want to give parenting advice to other parents. Mm-hmm. You you see their kids doing something or the way they do it, and uh, parenting styles are so different. You know. Uh, and you want to give advice to parents. You want to say, do this, do that. But most of the time, you kind of need to bite your lip and hold back and let them learn lessons for themselves. Right. It kind of goes back to something we said in an early one. Unsolicited advice is often not welcome or not helpful, you know. So sometimes you want to. So I hope yesterday wasn't that. Um, well, no, we welcomed it. I don't it. think it was. We welcomed it. We asked <laughs> we for asked, it. So, we asked uh, for it. You know, um, it's one of those it, things. And and different parents have different styles. Right. And I don't know that there is one perfect way. I think as a parent, you, you launch into this, you've got this child, and then you've got another one and maybe another one, uh, and you do the best you can to raise them on a daily basis as best you can. Right. It just comes at you so fast. You know, you, you get up in the morning and you got a baby and then it seems like you blink an eye and they're in school and then uh, parenting just comes at you quickly. You know, you've been up today uh, getting yours ready to go to school and get them out the door and get where you need to go. And so much of parenting is in those routines, chores, daily things that you just try to get done and rush through. And we hoped yesterday to just give some good principles to help guide people. Well, and I would say, and I will say this, uh, yesterday it was a lot of, you know, what did you do when you, as you were raising mm-hmm. your children or what, how would you encourage or what would you suggest to parents? Uh, so, I mean, I get how that sometimes feels like it's, it's your opinions and what you would do, yeah. or what you would try to do in that situation. Yeah. But it was also based on uh, not just experience, but it was also based on biblical principles that you guys had tried to instill. I mean, we talked right. about the last three weeks, these principles that you had brought out of Scripture, but it was also how they were lived out practically and yeah. how they can still yeah. be lived out practically. So uh, for me, just sitting there listening, it wasn't just 
here's some here's some good advice. It was, man, these are this is how these biblical principles worked out for us and were lived out in our home kind of deal. You're, yeah, yeah. And uh, we enjoyed it. it. It's never about perfection. It's right. never about not missing the mark because uh, you're going to. Sure. You're going to make mistakes. It's about being faithful to your family and faithful to your kids and getting up every day and just doing the best you can. It really is. There are going to be days when you're off track, out of whack. You don't get all the spiritual disciplines in. Uh, going to be days you just mess up and think, man, i got to do better tomorrow. I think the best lesson I've learned is just get up the next day and go after it again and be faithful to your family. You know, there are a lot of things I would change going back, but uh, I know uh, my wife and I got up every day and did the best we could for our kids. We did. And I'm happy about that. All right, there's your golden nugget right there. You can We can almost stop the, stop rolling right there because I don't know that we're going to get anything better than that right there, guys. Uh, there's your nugget to take away. Um, get up and do the best you can every day. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. Parents, get up every day, regardless of what stage you're at. Get up every day and try to be the best that you can be for your family. Yeah. Um, obviously, try to say a prayer with them. Uh, that's why we talked about these things, just the routines. Yes. To develop good habits, you kind of have to link them up with your routines that are forced upon you. You know, when you're when you got school-aged children, you're going to get up and get some food in them and mm -hmm. maybe make their lunch and get them dressed and get them out the door. We made prayer routine as we drove to school. Okay. You know, we would pray in the car as we dropped them off. We, yeah. We drove them in car rider line, and a lot of parents sure. with young kids do that. We always prayed for them in the car, and uh, those prayers sometimes were pretty just routine. You sure. know, it wasn't a big God moment every day. We prayed for their day. We asked God to protect them. You know, we prayed that they would learn something, and you just have to build those habits and stack them on other habits that are already there yeah. to make that happen. And um, you just do that over time, and the good influence of that just builds up, builds up. That's good. So. Um, it's not a lot about a lot of mountaintop experiences as a parent. It's just about the daily grind, being faithful in and all. I would uh, I would say say this, and you're going to have a better vantage point of of it than I than I will. Um, you're right. I, I think there is more about the routine, and you know, you're 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 instilling those rhythms and instilling those principles in your kids in the daily routine. But when, but maybe when you look back, um, maybe after they you've released those arrows and they've moved out, you look back and you see that those rhythms, kind of some of those were the mountaintop uh, experiences. Those were the great experiences that you get a chance to look back upon and and remember fondly. Yeah, they are, and and you just uh, you, you you often don't know how important moments are when you're in them. Mm. You know, it, they seem routine, but those big moments just hit. You know, uh, you'll be riding to the grocery store and kids in the back seat, and they ask you a question that becomes a very, very critical parenting moment. Yeah. When you say something to them that sticks with them the rest of their lives, and they're completely unplanned. So those moments come. One of the things we said yesterday that I'd like to repeat again is just, and, and I struggled with this and continue to struggle with this today, is to be present in those moments in your home. Be present with your kids. Work will still be there when you get back tomorrow. Yep. The problem you face today will still be there. Uh, be present in those moments. 
I think of so many times. I specifically can remember several times. My kids, uh, both of them played sports, and both of them were very involved in, uh, like, drama and mm -hmm. productions in their school. And uh, we went to a lot of those, a lot of typical school programs and all those kind of things. I look back and I remember, and I don't know if it was a strategic plan of the enemy. It could have been, but so many times right before a performance, I'd get a phone call of somebody who was ticked off or something was going wrong. Right. And I remember several times right before I went in, somebody would call me and something was going on. There was a problem. Somebody was mad, something like that. And I remember a few of those that I, I, I could... I didn't even remember being in the event Wow! because I was sitting there looking at the stage, but my brain was spinning the whole time on what am I going to do about that? What am I going to do? And, and I, I regret that. I really do. Sure. I regret it. Um, you know, love my kids. They love me. We all know that, but I missed a few moments not being present where I was. And that's still a real struggle for me because I'm thinking, my mind's in about four places at a time yeah. where I'm at. So I've got to learn. Well, you had mentioned yesterday that, you know, you felt like that was, uh, that the whole idea of being present and in the moment is something that is, is something that we've become, uh, we've, we've lost as a society is just to simply be present because we're constantly distracted by something else, whether it's a, whether it's a phone or, uh, whether it's work stuff or whether it's something else that completely takes us away, uh, from those moments. Um, what are some what are some ways that we can that I mean, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what are some ways that we can make sure that maybe some disciplines that we can put in place to make sure that we are present in those moments? Some of it's mental, and and it, it's it's a decision you have to make. It works differently for different people. Uh, it's the self it's the self talk that you have a lot of times in your brain. Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm faced with that, there are times that I just have to tell myself I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to think about this problem right now. Right. I'm going to focus on this situation right now. Um, so there's the self-coaching to me saying, okay, Craver, uh, <laughs> get your mind on what you're doing right now and stop thinking about what's over here. Right. Um, another thing is just the phone. The yeah. phone has become such a – I remember when the, the iPhone came out and, and smartphones in general, you know, burst onto the scene and it's like, okay, we've got this miraculous thing, you know, uh, it's a phone and it's also a camera. And it, <laughs> then the, the apps, you know, start coming and it's like, you can get anything on this phone. I mean, we were using it for a level last night, the level up a television. <laughs> I mean, what can the thing not do? And it seemed like such a wonderful thing. And it is in a lot of ways, it gives us a lot of convenience, but it also creates so many interruptions in our day. Yeah that are not the most important thing. You know, I can be sitting at a dinner with family and, and, and then look at my phone and see on Facebook that it's somebody's birthday and think, oh, I should wish them a happy birthday. One sec, I'm gonna text them happy birthday and here we go. That may not seem like a whole lot, but that, that adds up again and again and again and you're constantly distracted. I think one of the ways we can do that is is to silence the notifications on your phone mm -hmm. from beeping all day long. Yep. I have very few things that my phone notifies me of. You know, I'll hang out with some people sometimes, and their phone tells them so much. Their watch of their phone is beeping all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe they want that, <laughs> but I don't want to get interrupted by 
breaking news from from uh, some player got drafted by these people. I had like the a sports app on for a while, and it yeah. kept notifying me of that. And I'm like, yeah, that's good, but let me look at that one I want to look at. Sure, it's like you have to create a compartment, and this may help some people. This is a schedule of the day when I'm going to answer email. Right. I'm going to set aside time to answer email, and then I'm going to leave it alone for the rest of the day. I'm going to set aside time for this, but our day becomes so fragmented by beeps and here it is. Okay, let me do that, and then I'm back, and then I'm gone, and then I'm back. Um, as a parent, that that wasn't so big, and that wasn't so noisy when my kids were little. Right. Uh, but it is for parents today, and that is such a. I can see how that could be so destructive because you could never be there with your kids. You could be in the room and not be there. And again, that's my biggest regret as a parent. You guys had talked about when we had talked about the whole technology conversation and setting limits and giving freedom there. You mentioned the contract that you had your kids sign when they mm-hmm. got when they got the cell phone. And one of those was uh, no devices at the dinner table. You guys wanted to be able to have conversations. Um, I would love to issue a challenge to families out there to make that a habit, not just for your kids, but for you as a, as adults as well. When you sit down at the dinner table, man. Uh, for that, for those thirty minutes, man, it, life's the world's not going to fall apart in those thirty minutes if you put your phone away and you choose not to answer it when a phone call or a text message or notification comes through. Take the thirty minutes right there, put it away, have everybody put their devices away, and focus in on having a conversation with your family. Um, uh, I know you guys had mentioned it yesterday, talking about the conversations that you'd be you'd be amazed at the conversations that you get a chance to have with your kids at the table. We get re- having a chance to experience that now with our kids, uh, as we're saying, no devices at the dinner table. Nobody's looking at anything. We're just looking at each other, talking to each other, um, and it really is a, a powerful moments. And creating that discipline right there can be very powerful for your family. Well, those those interruptions tend to direct conversations. If it did with us, it yeah. still does. You can be sitting out having a wonderful evening with your spouse or with your children. All of a sudden, a text comes in, and it may not be something you need to attend to right now, but it shifts the conversation off to that. Mm -hmm. Or you look on social media, and it's like, oh, they're at it again. You know what I mean? (laughs) Some drama. What's going on? And then you're enveloped in that, you know. So it just, uh, that's a great challenge, you know. Shut those phones off when you're at the table. My wife was the big one on that. Sure. I would, uh, I was much more inclined to take out the phone and look at it so many times. Our kids were older when mobile phones became so prevalent. But she would say, okay, everybody, phones up, and we'd put them up, you know. And I think that's a... That's a a healthy practice. Sure. Uh, It's it's so important. We, um, the other night, we went out with... uh, my daughter and her supervisor at her new job and uh, we sat down and had dinner and it and uh, the uh, supervisor precious young lady and a fine Christian and we sat down and had a good conversation um, after dinner I left and I was thinking this I, it, it shocked me I said you know I never saw that lady's phone hmm. not one time yeah I'm not even aware I'm sure she has one but I have no awareness that she even has a phone that is so unusual you know, I've picked mine up three times in this video, right? I mean, <laughs> right. you're so aware of everybody's phone. I don't know how many times that I go and meet with people and their phones are going off. Right. You know, and that's that's true of me, too, in other ways. I'm not kind of being judgmental. But I know very few people who I can sit down and have a conversation with that's uninterrupted by phones. Yeah. You know, I'll talk to people sometimes who've, 
schedule an appointment with me and it's very urgent and they really want to talk and right in the middle of it they get a phone call or right in the middle of it they get distracted off here and i'm thinking you know we we made we made this appointment it's very urgent to you but still the phone dominates and it's i think that's destructive to us and specifically you know to our families when we're not present in those moments and we choose and we choose to allow distractions and 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 it's part of it is that we're allowing those distractions into our lives so how do we you know trying to figure out what it works for us to be able to eliminate those distractions so that we can be present in those moments i read somewhere they sell a box or something you can put your phones in that eliminate all um it's like a some sort of a secure thing that signal can't get through or something to where it can't ring or go off or notify you of and some people put their phones in that during dinner and all that. I can also turn it off. You can do that as well. There is a problem. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, that's good, though. I'm glad somebody even created that box. Uh, it's another <laughs> idea, something else to buy, I guess. There but, you go. Uh, you don't have to have that. But uh, having that time free of phones, um, you know, when I grew up, and nobody may want to hear this, phones hung on the wall, and there was a cord. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I remember they were those over there, yeah. and they rang, and you talked, and then you were done with it. Yeah, it's uh, the thing too. When I first started in ministry, and I'm, I've been around a while now, um, people could not get to you. They did not expect to have instant access to you. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, we had the old answering machines. When I started in ministry, there was an answering machine on the desk, and uh, they would leave you a message, and you got it when you got it, you know. And uh, you got back to them when you could. Right. Today, there is the expectation. I should be able to reach you instantly, 24-7. Yeah. There are some people who expect that. I think we need to all push back on that just a little bit and say, you know, I'm going to reasonably be accessible to people. In ministry, we have to do that. We have to have a reasonable uh, accessibility to people who are in need and people who need help because that's what we do. But I think there's a time when you say that shuts off at this time and then I'll get back to it when I can. Nobody can live on high alert or on call 24-7. Nobody needs to live that way. Well, regardless of if you are in full-time ministry or, or, or not, or your work, you know, wherever, your, wherever your job is, uh, that's not your first responsibility. Yeah. yeah you know, your, your responsibility is to your family. And so when you go home, you want to be there for your family. And oftentimes that just, uh, uh, we, could, we can get a little off course with that. Really can. And our, and our families take a back seat because we know that they'll forgive us. They, we know that if we're going to fudge somewhere, we can fudge with our family because our family loves us, and you know they're going to they're going to give us the benefit of the doubt. Um, unfortunately, that that has its uh, that has its end as well. Um, we can do uh, you know for constantly making our our children feel like that they are you know on the back burner. They will grow up knowing and believing that they were always put on the back burner. There's the old song "Cats in the Cradle." Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, it's like. Uh... Son's reaching out to dad, mm-hmm. wants some time, wants yep. some conversation, and then uh, tables turn. Dad gets old, and he's reaching he's out ready to, to son. Have some time, yeah. Want to have some time, and it's just not there. Yeah, you know. Watched a documentary recently. Uh, stuck in a hotel room for a little while, and I watched a documentary on an old, old star, Charlie Chaplin, back in the silent film days. Yeah. You know, he was the tramp. You know. You still see his image on a whole lot of things. And uh, 
his daughter was was speaking and she spoke about how so many times their their life was kind of built around their dad and his career and that's so easy to do and she talked about how she just longed to have one private conversation with her dad mm. just him and her mm. and for years she just wanted to have one and later on in the documentary she got to have a private conversation with her dad but it just spoke to my heart and said so many kids out there would just like to have your full attention for a few minutes yeah you know anyway well we drifted around to a whole lot of stuff yeah and uh turned out to be more about distraction but that's a critical a issue and yep. i hope everybody got something out of it we're so glad to have you a part of this a part of upward and uh thanks for watching and uh, here to serve you we're going ahead and it's going to be great see you soon